Hey, everybody. My name is Ryan Shear with Small Business Chronicles. Now, you know, Small Business Chronicles has become your Swiss army knife for business, whatever it might be from needing an accounting to needing emotional support to knowing how to work life balance. But let's pretend for a minute you took your company and you built it up and, and now you're done. You, you, maybe that was your goal. Maybe you were building up to be done. Maybe, maybe it's just time for you to exit and get out. Uh, I have Daryl Bates Brownsword from Succession Plus all the way across the pond. Uh, and there they, so tell us a little bit about what Succession does, Daryl. Daryl? <laughs> sure, no worries. Hey, what <laughs> we do is that we work with SME business owners so that uh, business has just gone beyond the uh, the lifestyle self-employed size, so 10 people plus to 250 people. And in that sector, there's a great opportunity for business owners to create value in their business so they can actually sell it. The flip side is that of those that do create, well, only one out of five do end up creating enough value to sell. Four out of five try to sell and don't. So we work with those business owners to make sure to increase their odds so that they can be one of the ones that can sell and make themselves attractive to be acquired and ultimately exit like a boss. So so tell me the difference between that one and those four. You you said that one in five try to sell and four are unsuccessful. So what are some of those value points that make a business that one in five? <laughs> That's exactly the right question to ask. So what it is, is basically if someone's buying your business, they're, they're, they're throwing a lot of money at it and potentially more money than your home is worth. So a, a truckload of money. Now, Whenever you're going to spend that amount of money, you want to make sure that you you know what you're getting and that you want to de-risk it as much as possible. So the four out of five essentially represent that they're just too risky to be acquired. So why are they too risky? Because the buyers are looking, they, they when they buy your business, they want to know that whatever trend your revenue or profit has been taking over the last few years is going to continue without you being there ultimately. So if it looks like the business requires you to be there to maintain that profit and you want to sell the business, that means you want to get out, then bottom line is it's too big a risk for the, the uh, new people to take over your business. And the way we can address that risk is, is cover a whole lot of things, which um, I'll leave it up to you, which ones you want to find out about. <laughs> Well, well, no, that's fine. Like, like, absolutely that a lot of us build our businesses based on us, that if yeah. we were to go on vacation, then we, we can't because we're so ingrained and so involved in it. So that value marker of it's got to succeed without you it is, is I think one of the biggest ones, small business owners and even medium sized business owners are, are going to fight with. Uh, I, I see it every day as as I transition yeah. from marketing into podcasting. Every day, I saw just how how stretched thin the owner was of it uh, of of by doing all these multiplicity type things inside the business. Exactly, the the business owner is doing everything, and look the. People who run or own or buy or, or start small businesses are, are driven people. So that tends to create a bias of control freak. A lot of them are control freaks and, and they want to make sure things are done right. So they want, you know, some of them take pride in going, well, if you want it done properly, you got to do it yourself. And this business wouldn't survive without me. But the flip side is the more the business revolves and, and requires them to be there, frankly, the less it's worth. So we've got to figure out how do we 
move through and grow through that stage of you know being the key point, the center pin of our business, to being, I guess, like the captain of the ship, just steering it and pointing it in the right direction and then everyone understanding their roles and knowing how to take the business forward and you providing the framework to allow them to do that. Once you get on that path, and we're talking systems and, and reducing reliance on key people and, and moving reliance to key processes, once we start heading down that track, we're well on our way. What, what would be the next biggest thing that would separate that? Because we've got the involvement of the owner. So what would yeah. be the next step down of the things that you see if you're wanting to get that company valuable for sale? Uh, poor record keeping is another big one. Lack of control of financials. So, you know, a lot of business owners run their business from their bank account. They don't have true visibility or or understanding what's happening with the finances. So, a lot of businesses, uh, you know, over the years go broke because uh, they simply run out of cash and they're profitable at the same time, which just means they're not generating enough cash to fund their growth because they, they don't have the visibility of the finance to know how much they can grow annually within their, their current cash constraints or before they require extra funding. Um, we talked about key people. You know, we mentioned a lot of business owners like being the best salesperson or the best, um, producer of their business. Um, we, we want, uh, what also happens is that we end up with high staff turnover. If the boss is a control freak, if the boss is, you know, stressed and frustrated with how their business is going, then they'll, they'll end up being a stressed and frustrated boss. Now, who likes working for a stressed and frustrated boss? We, <laughs> exactly. So we can just leave as employees, we can leave a frustrated boss, leaving the boss to go, well, you just can't get good help around here nowadays. And, and the key point is always that that control freak boss, that micromanager is, is a poor manager and people love to be led. People are craving good leadership, not micromanagers. And, you know, we want to be part of something special. We want to, we want to understand where the business is going and, and what it's trying to achieve. We don't want to just show up just, you know, groundhog day doing it again and again and again. You know, people want to be part of something. Uh, so, so I, I, I've got a question that I want to, that I was dying to ask you once I read your profile, has okay. anybody ever brought a business to you and went, Hey, I want to sell this. And you're like, yeah, no, like, like there is nothing valuable here. Yeah. Have you had to have that conversation with people. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's, yeah, the, the business I'm thinking of, it's gone back a few years. Um, the one that, that immediately came to mind when you asked that question and it had 20 people in the business, but that was effectively a business with one super productive, um, owner of the business. And he had 19 or yeah, 18 or 19 helpers. Yeah. And, and this guy was, yeah, he was just pointing, you do this, you do this, right? Give that back to me. I'll do that. And, and he was just literally that busy. He was working, you know, 10 hour days. He was making a lot of money and, and, and highly profitable, but it was just him being super busy and managing 18 sort of admin staff. So there's a big gap in skills between him and the next layer that there was basically 19 odd, you know, assistants. So none of them had any ability to make decisions. They all just did as they were told or what they were asked. So yeah, as soon as you took him away, if he wanted to sell the business, all he had was 19 you know, odd people who, who were sitting there waiting to be told what to do next because they knew as soon as they tried to take any initiative, they, they were used to having their head bitten off. So they, you know, he was ended up just getting cheaper staff and uh, you know, just told them what to do. 
So it had a fantastic reputation of being a you know producer. So around the marketplace in the local environment, people go, yeah, go to him because they, they knew he'd get the job done and he'd get it done, he'd respond quickly, but it was him. It was not go to his business or his brand. It was literally all about him. Um, so so it worked for him. him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it worked for him, but it wasn't a transferable product. Exactly. I, I, I yeah. guess so my follow-up advice, question. Sorry, sorry. Go yeah. ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say the advice we gave him was just make sure that, like, it's a really highly profitable business. Make sure mm-hmm. you work with a financial planner and extract as much cash as you can out of the business, and build up all of your assets outside of your business rather than expecting or hoping that your business is going to be an asset. Because, as you say, it's a business model that worked really well for him, but. So don't try and change him. Just give him the advice and point him in the right – because he, he was never going to be able to turn it into a business. It was just a highly leveraged self-employed model, and it worked a treat for him. <laughs> uh, that's fair. That I, I think, once again, going back to my former statement, a lot of the small businesses I work with are exactly that. They're, they're a yeah. different sort of self-employment instead of a business. Uh, my, my next question to you is, is tell me a little bit about Succession Plus that let's say that I'm, I'm coming to you with a business and I'm this business owner that, that like you said, you've given him advice. I'm not keeping good records. I'm not keeping. Have you seen people come to you and get that advice and turn it around and be able to sell their company? That's what we do. Um, so, yeah. Look, we, and we've got a process. So we follow our own advice, uh, thankfully. Yeah. So we have, uh, we've got a methodology. So people come to us for our methodology and we promote that methodology all over the place. And the methodology is known as the 21 steps. So these 21 steps are the 21 topics or things that you need to address to get your business attractive to be acquired and de-risk your business. So we've got the methodology. We've got uh, the first thing we do when business owners come to us is we go, well, let's have a look at what your business is really worth. If a buyer were to come and you know write a check today, what would they value the business at? And then let's compare that with what you hope to get or you know what you think it's worth, and just so we know what the gap is. And then we know what work we've got to do, or if it's even possible, or if we have to reset your expectations. So we start by identifying the value. Then what we do is we go, well, let's protect what you've already built. Let's make sure that whatever does happens, if you have to exit the business suddenly, you'll, you know, you'll get something. And then once we've protected it and just sort of shored up and uh, built, protected what's there, then we can start to maximize the value. And it's like building on solid foundations. So we get, we, we de-risk all the obvious risks and protections and, and address all the things that, you know, uh, are the hygiene factors that buyers expect to be there before we start maximizing and going, all right, let's build all the added value items by tweaking and 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 profiling and highlighting all the intangible assets. Um, so, uh, so yeah, that, that's the process. <clears throat> how long, and I know it's going to be mixed. I know it's going to be mixed besides size and, 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 and health of the company, but how long does this process take that, okay, I'm, I'm done with my business. I want out, whether it was planned, whether it was, it's not whatever. And I'm going to come to you. What's that process in time look like? So, yeah, great question. We, Ideally, you want sort of 18 months, two years, a bit longer if you can. If you really want to maximize the value, it's kind of two years plus. The, the longer, you're better. But with just over sort of 12 months, you can you can make in a difference and, and ensure that they will be more attractive to be acquired relatively quickly. 
but yeah, it's not a it's not a come in, you know, just sweep up, you know, uh, and, and do a quick fix if if you're really going to because people who buy business, most business owners are only ever going to sell one business. People who buy businesses are buying more than one business, mm-hmm. so they they know all the tricks of the trade. They know what you've done to to try and do a quick a quick uh, maximize value, and, and they see through those tricks and uh, and they start they. It, it just creates doubt in their mind. If they see that this has been quickly um, tidied up, then they start wondering about what the rest of the business looks like. So in, in evaluation from day one with you, let, let's say I'm knee jerk. I just want to get rid of my business. I'm done with it. I don't want to take the 12 to 18 months. And so here's my evaluation of a million dollars. But let's say that I do stick it out for that 12 to 18 months. Do you see those evaluations increase? And, and, and if so, by how much? Yeah, look, by how much depends on 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 the starting point, but it, I've seen double. Um, so yeah, so in, in twelve to eighteen months, and the, the reason that they can change by so much is is if you have a look at the way a business is valued, there, there's normally a profit a, a profit component. So mm-hmm. how profitable you are if you're operating at best practice profitability, and and we can determine that fairly quickly. And then there's a multiplier of that profit, and that multiplier represents the risk. The less risk, the higher multiple. And then that multiple will also reflect as how attractive it is to a strategic acquirer. So if you can get your business and go, well, here's the things that we need to do to get you operating at best practice profitability, then that'll boost your profitability. And so that'll increase, increase your valuation. But even more impact is once you move on to the strategic elements and, you know, once we've done the foundational work, you can start to increase the multiplier. And as you can imagine, that if you start working on the multiplier, that can have a far greater effect on the valuation mm-hmm. of the business. Now, I'm just trying to keep it general because everyone, you know, I can imagine people of listening course. going, yes, but, yes, but, what about this, what about that? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, everything's different. But, you know, I'm just trying to share the principles of how it works and it is possible if you do the right. Now, there is a bit of timing and there's a bit of luck involved, but, you want to set yourself up so you're in the best position to take advantage of any luck that does come your way or opportunity. Uh, have Have you seen anybody start your program, come in and you're like, yeah, 12 to 18 months, we're going to get this done. And they get about that 12 to 18 month marks and fall back in love with their business and don't want to sell it. Like oh, yeah. You come in and kind of help and they're like, hey, this shit's not so bad. Let's just keep doing this. Well, it's a really good point because it's not unheard of for business owners to, to fall out of love with their business, as you suggest, yeah. because they're stressed and frustrated and they're feeling the weight of the world on their shoulders and they're working you know, 18 hour days or horrendous oh, hours. Right, yeah. um, but the beauty, beautiful thing is, is that a business that's attractive to be sold is also attractive to be run. So it tends right. to be more profitable and easier to run. And you know, that's why we don't do the, the, um, the broking or the M&A work or the investment banking work. We are just the consultants who get your business attractive. Because when bo- owners say to us, hey, look, we might put off the sale, we go, no problem. We've got nothing riding on, on the transaction. Mm-hmm. We're, we're consultants. We help you get there. In fact, it's, it's considered a success by us. If you go, hey, I might just hang around and enjoy it for another couple of years. I've fallen back in love. Um, what a way to go. 
Uh, yeah, because I guess your your role in it, if I understand it correctly, ends either way. If they decide to keep it or if they sell it, your, your kind of role at that point is to step back. So as long as the customer is happy and, and your client, sorry, is happy or whatever, that, that would resonate as a success. Yeah, look, uh, absolutely. We can step back and, and sometimes, and it's a bit of you know, both, but we often will have done a lot of the impact we can um, in two years. And some clients have asked us, they've been clients where we've worked with, with uh, over many years because they've just kept growing. And as you keep growing, you then need different systems and different structures mm-hmm. and different technologies for, for different sizes of business. So uh, I remember one client I've worked with, I've worked with them for many years now. They, When I started them, they were less than a million turnover. Um, and we're in the UK, so it was pounds, which is you know, not too different to dollars, US yeah. dollars. They said, look, this is a we want to get this to five mil valuation and then we're out of here. Same owners are still running that business today and they're doing over 40 mil. Now it's 15, 20 years later, but they're, they've just gone, Hey, look, I'm really enjoying this. I'm learning so much. I'm having so much fun. Let's just, it's kind of, let's go again. Let's just go again. Let's keep going. And they just keep building their business and, and they've got a whole new strategy now. Uh, and, and they're having a whole lot of fun and it's, it's, it's in, it didn't start out as a family business, but it's, it's heading down that track now and they're build, building a family office and, uh, the, uh, they're just loving it. Well, I think some people, when they sell and they try to offload, it, it's kind of like they don't know what to do. They're in a business. They don't want it anymore. Maybe, maybe they designed it to sell. Things are going that way. And then you swoop in, make everything nice and pleasant. And and it's it's back to doing that. So so I, I, I always see uh, I, I didn't know much that you guys even existed, that somebody would swoop in, help you be able to sell. But it sounds like it's a positive experience one way or the other. You get cashed out and, and you get to move on with your life or you get a business put in a place that maybe is more manageable to you that have options you didn't perceive before. I think that's the key word. You've got options and and you may not have known what the options were before, but you've now got options and you're in a position to take advantage of it. Look, one, one of the best things that we can do is with a business owner that has the foresight and says, hey, look, I want to get exit ready. I have no intention of exiting anytime soon, but let me get exit ready now. When they do, that puts them in a position that they they just show up in the marketplace as being attractive and and being a good business, which attracts interest from potential buyers who may come and tap them on the shoulder and go, hey, I'm interested in buying your business. Now, offers like that don't happen every day, but when they do happen, you want to make damn sure that you can take advantage of it because the biggest thing that can kill a deal is lack of momentum and, and taking a long time to respond. If your business is exit ready, you can respond to all the requests. You can you can make things happen really quickly, and and you can have a deal of a lifetime, as opposed to you know what happens ninety five percent of the time. Whereas the you know, they'll tap you on the shoulder, they'll have a look, you start conversations, and because you're not attractive, you're not exit ready, they'll just walk away and look for the next opportunity. Uh, so it's about being you know begin with the end in mind and being ready for those unplanned opportunities. <clears throat> Have you, uh, as I, as we're winding down here, have you ever had a business that, that was like, this is just a weird business that it, it was like something out of the norm, out, out of, out, out of what you would structurally see a normal business being? Yeah. I'm going to answer that differently. If <laughs> That's I may. Fair. No, no. <laughs> Go right and what I'm, what I'm seeing is. I think there's an evolution over the last, let's say, 20 years. 
from traditional mum and dad type of businesses. Um, and if you have a look at what's happened in the corporate world, um, you know, there's been, you know, over those 20 years, there's been a lot of restructuring and, and, you know, change of the corporate landscape. And there's a lot more people who have gone out and, and wanted to be masters of their own destiny and become self-employed. And they're, they're in self-employed. So, and especially over the last couple of years with, you know, the, the, the pandemic and what, what have you, it's restructured and accelerated change in the, in the workplace mm-hmm. environment. Now, what's happened is a lot of those people have gone out on their own and then all of a sudden they go, hey, it's lonely out here on their own. And they realize that they have to do the sales and the marketing and the finance and the back office and the admin, as well as the product, which is the bit that they love. And and mm-hmm. so they realize they've only got a third of the time to do, you know, run the whole business and doing the part that they love. <clears throat> and And they go, oh, and when I was employed, I was getting all of my professional development and, and you know, I'm not... That's getting put on the back burner now. Oh, and I love bouncing ideas around and developing things with my peers and bouncing around. So they're missing all of that. So there's a lot of, over the last few years, a number of years, there's a lot of these co-op type of organizations, call it semi-franchise, call it, uh, yeah, there's, I don't know what the new business model, you know, in, in certain professions, it's like the gig economy, but there's a whole lot of people coming together to work under one brand and work on projects together, but they're showing up under one brand and they're, they're learning the methodology and the IP of that organization. And that's all they're working for. So it's a hybrid model of being master of your own destiny, but, but working for, for really just one on your terms. Now there, there's pros and cons of that business model, but I see the landscape changing. Um, and there's a lot more organizations like that. Um, yeah, as we move forward. So, so there's a bit of a difference. I know it's not a direct answer, but uh, it's kind of what I'm seeing out there and what I've noticed over the years, especially as the economy changes and, and we're a lot of service type organizations now. No, it, 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 it's, a, it's a great answer because as, as, as I, I'm in my 40s now and I'm doing different things and I don't really want to work for other people, but you're exactly right. You want to work with other people. It, I'm seeing that more and more. So what are the challenges? So that brings up another question. What are the challenges of selling a business like that? Because there's got to be from dealing with one person to a group to to those. Yeah, good. Yeah. So we need different ownership structures. So, you know, do we have a, a dozen owners or do we have some sort of ownership through a trust where the, the, the trust has is the decision maker? So we yeah. figure out how our, our control structures work and, and so that they are motivating and inspiring for everyone or all the key people involved in the business. But before we even look at exiting the business, I think we've got the dynamic of an organization like that is how do I lead it? Because in those situations, you don't have positional power where, you know, you're someone's boss and you can just tell mm-hmm. them what to do. And just by, by dynamics of the employee relationship, they, they kind of have to toe the line. Now, so you need the leadership style that is very inspirational and, and collaborative. And you need the right, you know, a lot more emphasis needs to be put on, on the culture of the organization to inspire everyone to want to head in the same um, direction. So you need to be really clear with your vision and what the organization is trying to achieve collaboratively, collectively, what have you. So a combination of leadership style, which, which will um, yeah, would be measured um, by, I guess, how long um, – the equivalent of staff turnover, how long your, your consultants, your contractors, your, um, 
licensees is is what's most common how long they stay with you and you know because do you have them financially locked in or do you have them culturally locked in and then then the the um the legal structure of the agreement how do you have a structure where you we have the right people that that can own and be inspired and have some ownership of that structure but but and keep them all pointed in the same direction and have um, decision making clarity as well so it's it's a combination of real corporate and real uh uh self uh, self-employed type um uh models there tied together so that i think that's where the future's taken us well, it sounds like you got your hands full because there's going to be many, many different iterations. Like it's not just it's not just a, a one size fits all solution to getting your business ready and to go. And thank you so much, Daryl, for for coming in and explaining this. Because, like I said, b- before I sat down with this podcast with you, I didn't even know this was a genre of of consulting out there. But I've honestly, you've impressed me, and I can see where the value for this genre of consulting is, you know, because I think a lot of people are done with their business or they want out and they just throw a for sale sign on it, struggle. And then after they lose their passion, it goes out of business, which I can absolutely see that one out of five that that only makes it. So for all my business owners out there, if you're thinking about exiting, getting out, uh, whatever, let us know how we can get a hold of you and Succession Plus. Uh, well, the best way to get hold of us is the website. The website will will point you, depending on where you are in the world, will point you to the closest country to us. Uh, we've got starting in the in the states, probably in the new year, we've got uh, a team happening there. But the website is succession dot plus p l u s. It's uh, yeah, it should be pretty easy to find, and uh, you'll see my name on the on the website. Fortunately, there's only one of me uh, globally, so you know, my wife and family are quite thankful for that. They said the world couldn't cope with another one of you, Dad. Uh, but Daryl Bates Brownsword, you'll find me on LinkedIn. Hit me up. I'll respond, and depending on where you are, I'll point you to the key representative where, where person who can help you who's closest to you. I'll Absolutely. You Thank you. Uh, say that one more time. Sorry, I didn't mean to step on you. Uh, if, if I'm the right person, more than happy to help as well. Absolutely. And that's Daryl Bates Brownsword from Succession Plus. My name is Ryan Shear with Small Business Chronicles. Uh, you can find me on smallbusinessdelivered.com uh, along with Marketing Masters and uh, Business Breakthroughs. This is a weekly show. Uh, just come in, sit down, do a little business with us. Uh, if you want a podcast of your own, Titan Media Works, titanmediaworks.com. That's what we specialize in is podcast production. You can find us at titanmediaworks.com slash pricing to find out all the details. Until next time, thanks everybody.